Why would you lose it? This is Comic Cast on PodcastArena.com. Here's your geeks, John Lee and Michael Carroll. Oh, hello there, Internet. Welcome to issue 458 of Comic Cast. I'm Michael Carroll. I'm excited because this is a live in person podcast with none other than Jong Lee. Jong. You're across from me, my friend. <laughs> we are across from each other, and uh, I don't remember the co- comic palooza was the last time we did something together in person, but it wasn't like obviously like this, right? Yeah. Um. Um. I hope I sound better, less uh, <laughs> with a more oh, bassy uh, volume. I, I would. I would hope. Um. But yeah, like um, I blew off Michael a few times. <laughs> Um, life happens. Uh, I blew off Michael a few times this week and uh, I was like, man, like I feel bad. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, ask Michael, Hey, I'm going to get you lunch and we'll do this in person. I had some you know, free time on Wednesday and Teresa, um, you know, I like, I like being at home and helping, mm-hmm. you know, with Bree and stuff. But Teresa is always like, man, like, won't you, uh, won't you like spend some more time with in person with Michael and go eat something together <laughs> or something? I was like, this is a perfect. This is perfect. This is nice. Yeah. Because uh, I got sick last week uh, with with the flu. I'm 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 good now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know how I caught it because I was freaking in Kroger and this late was going down the other other. <laughs> oh no! Other aisle. The, the aisles are tiny. It's probably the size of you know your your desk here and the wall. We'll go down the aisle the opposite way, and then, like, I, I see her from the other side, and I see her coughing, and I hear it. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go through, and I'm going to hold my breath, and we're going to just walk by, past each other. And she was coughing up a storm. And, of course, on things or that night, I started to feel something. Oh, and then no. Thanksgiving, it was game over on Thanksgiving. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, God. And then, I, luckily, I, I got some medication in me, and... It wasn't too long, but I think Teresa's maybe have caught it, so we'll see. But uh, but yeah, like long story short, I had to blow off Michael a couple times uh, <laughs> due to that, and then due to her getting sick, and then her not feeling well, and then me over at uh, my you know one of my jobs running long. They were talking <laughs> about dating, um, and and I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't get out of there until close to. I think five. Oh, and that's sheesh. when we were supposed to take. Yeah, yeah. And then so, and then I was like, man, I, I'm sorry, I can't do six o'clock either. How about mm-hmm. I come in? And so this is where we are. We're uh, we're live in living color, and <laughs> um, got to catch up with uh, the skeleton crew that it is at Gal Media. Um, lots changed, and some things haven't. But uh, it's it's good to see fate, familiar faces, and it's good to see you oh, live. In person, it's very good to see you. I was going to ask too about your your Thanksgiving, but now it's like it sounds like it was very sick filled. Yeah, it was mostly in bed. Yeah. Um, my father in law made. Um, we weren't going to do the turkey this year with, or at least with with her side of the family, just because it was going to be more of a small mm-hmm. gathering. So he um, has a Cornish a Cornish hen recipe that he kind of uses the same basting for um, his turkey. 
So um, he did that with the Cornish hen. And then, have you had a Cornish hen before? I don't think I they're, have. There's, they're, they're maybe half the size of a, a chicken. Okay. So they're in total, they're probably like 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 a size of a fuck a softball, oh, a okay. little bigger than a softball. Okay. Um, and so I sat down for dinner, and I maybe ate a quarter of that because I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't eat. Yeah. Um, and. You know, my brother-in-law and a couple friends, a couple sister-in-law and her boyfriend and another, I think another friend came over and they were laughing it up. They were drinking. They were uh, they were playing poker with my father-in-law and I was in bed. I was just shivering in bed. I was like, you bastard. Um, but yeah, I mean, that happened. And um, I think leading up to that, I did get to catch an episode or two mm-hmm. of, I think an episode and a half of... Ring rings of power. Oh, okay. So I'm, okay. I think I'm on halfway through episode seven. Oh, it's getting, okay. It's getting better. It, right. It gets better. It's getting better. You, you, the lines in the sand are drawn much, much clearer than any of those shows. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastically beautiful show. That's it's one of the most beautiful shows that I've seen on TV. It's it's not going to be my favorite. I don't know that it'll be in my top five at the end of the year mm-hmm. show wise but visual wise it's the most beautiful oh yeah Dude, Hands i was down. watching off my laptop that was sick <laughs> it was so good yeah and i was like oh my god you know this it's it's a you know i got a mac 13 inch 13 inch mac macbook um macbook pro oh no i think this is an air macbook air and it's like it you know it's retina display and whatever but it's like you know like the detail of it it was just so amazing mm-hmm. like uh but uh but I, I digress. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Uh, nothing. I, I stayed. I stayed. <laughs> it at sounds home. relaxing. It, it, it was just basically football field, and and it was different this year because I, I think I talked about it um, previously. But with my grandparents passing, they were a big part of Thanksgiving for me. Previously, we'd go there, hang out all day, play games, watch movies. You know what I mean? And so, like this year, being the first year without them. It was like a bit melancholy, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, let's just be low key. We didn't cook anything. We just bought food and just hung out, watched all the games on on Thanksgiving Day and just kept it low key because it was like, it was bittersweet. You know what I mean? Like, it was just very much like I was in my feels, mm-hmm. as, I, as I said. I mean, I wrote it on a, on a Hive. Uh, I'm trying to be more active on Hive and put longer reviews and things like that out there. Um, but it was like a bittersweet. I, this is the first Thanksgiving where I can't play games with them. I can't hug them. I can't tell them I love them. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it, the emotions hit me a lot this time around. So it was very like, I didn't want to go anywhere. Didn't want to do anything. Just wanted to play it low key. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, uh, watching, I will say a little upset that the lions bills game got cut off by (laughs) KHOU. Come on, weatherman. You're killing me, man. But other than that, it was good. It was fine. Yeah, um, Ben, you got to watch uh, a couple things over the break I, and over this last week, right? I I did. We we actually have a a, a lot to <clears throat> kind of cover because you and I both have watched Andor the the finale through yes. season one. We both have had a chance to watch Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance to watch Glass Onion. You bastard. In theaters <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, and then the Super Mario trailer, the latest Super Mario trailer came out. So there's a lot of things that we can discuss. I do want to quickly mention, before we get too far away, um, 
from the top of the episode. Uh, Comic Palooza, the event we've been to the last three times that it's been held, uh, probably our most involved one this past year. Um, it has been announced when it's going to happen for 2023, mm-hmm. and it's happening Memorial Day weekend of 2023, May 26th through May 28th. Uh, so, folks, passes are available right now. They went on sale Monday, November 28th. Um, and they're also doing a whole week of giveaways. So if you want to go to their social channels, check out all the giveaways you can get um, and sign up. Check out their social channels ch- channels for more information. I just want to quickly mention that because, you know, I, I imagine we're, we're going to be part of it yet again this 2023. And I hope doing more like we did this past time with the different panels that we got to moderate as well as podcasting live from the show floor. Uh, but yes, let's get to what we've been watching let me talk about Glass Onion real quick, and then we'll get into the more spoilerish stuff with Andor and the Guardians Holiday Special. Uh, Glass Onion, Jong, when it was first announced, I was like hesitant because it was like Knives Out was such a good murder mystery whodunit, right? Mm-hmm. Could you recapture that? Could you could you even try to recapture that without just doing a carbon copy in in some ways? And Ryan Johnson found a way to 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 do it differently and very 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 good. It was a blast of a movie experience, especially in theaters too because you know, I didn't realize it was only in theaters for the one week. So, it was very much a like a lot of the showings were sold out for it. But to see and listen to the reactions of fans as we're we're all going through the story together, it was. It made the the viewing experience even more fun. But the story is great. It's vastly different from the first one. Benoit Blanc's uh, Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc is the only character returning from from the Knives Out. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole new story, whole new cast of characters. It's it's fun, man. It's really good. It's a really good whodunit. Again, done in a different way. You don't have to worry about a carbon copy. And uh, Janelle Monet is the MVP of the movie. She is really, really good. Dave Bautista's great. Edward Norton's great. Catherine, Catherine Hahn's great. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. They're all great. But Janelle Monet, she steals the show. It's good, man. You should definitely watch it. Is, would you put it above uh, Knives Out? It's close. I really like Knives Out. Like, I could watch that again and again and still enjoy it. Um. I don't, man, it's going to be one of my favorite movies of the year, I think. Okay. I don't know that I put it above Knives Out, but it's, I need I need to rewatch it. I think that's the other thing is because there's so much in terms of what they do with you um, telling the story. Like they, they, they call out different things like, oh, this character always has this. But as soon as the, like the, we took away the thing, oh, something's happened. Like it, it, it plays with your mind and it makes you want to go back and rewatch it mm. um, to try and catch different things that you may not have caught the first time around because there's different moments that happen. And it's like, wait, did that happen? Wait, I need to go back. I need a rewind function right now because it it plays with you a lot and it plays with perspectives and it's a lot of perspectives. And it being called the glass onion, it's a lot of layers, but it seems pretty clear as to what's going on and who's going to, you know, who's done it, whatever, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's a fascinating watch. It's fun. Uh, it's really funny. 
<laughs> Daniel Craig is 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 great. Oh, I don't know how to play Clue. I don't, you know. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible game. Uh, he's he's great. Uh, also, a lot of cameos. Uh, there's a lot of cameos that I was not prepared for, and it was very fun to see some of these different cameos. Um, yeah. Oh, Kate Hudson, she's great. Uh, Jessica Henwick, she's great. I mean, it's it's a good, well written. That's the other thing too. It's it's not. Where we we watch a lot of stuff. What's one of the main complaints we talk about? Writing. Mm -hmm. The writing is phenomenal in this, and it keeps you again engaged throughout. And it's it's about perspectives. I think a lot in this movie, and it's it's and that's a fun difference from the first one. What's crazy is it's only opened to six hundred and ninety six theaters. Really? Yeah. God. That's crazy. That is I mean, crazy, man. Normal releases are around what four, three thousand, four thousand. Blockbusters are around four thousand something, um, but this is. Uh, I mean, it made thirteen point almost thirteen point three million um, in that limited seven day release. Ooh. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't. The, the purpose of it was not to make money. I mean, I think whatever they made in theaters was yeah. chump change. Yeah, like it was just like, oh, it's it's it'll be great. But I think uh, you were mentioning it. I think they, they to get what Oscar. I believe it's to get like yeah to be able to be considered and nominated. You have to have a theater release. I believe that's how it works because I don't think anything. Like I, I think it's more with movies for Oscar noms because I think Emmys like you don't have to necessarily premiere on anything or you know different other awards. I think it's specifically Oscars and this one. I I mean. Maybe screenplay or something like that. I, th I definitely think it. And costume design. Costume design was great. And production design, great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to catch it on Netflix whenever it comes out. And um, yeah, I mean, the first movie was so good. Like it's, uh, in, in, you know, it's Ryan Johnson's a good director. Yeah, he is. Whatever you want to say about <laughs> The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson is a good director and uh, very clever and funny, and so and a great writer. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe really and maybe you know sci-fi is not necessarily his genre, mm -hmm. and um, I mean I thought Last Jedi was fine. Honestly, Last Jedi was more original than the the what was it the first one and the third one. Yeah, um, what was the first one called? Force Awakens and Force Awakens. the last the rise of the rise of Skywalker. Skywalker yeah. Um, but uh, say what you want about, uh, about the Last Jedi, but you know it's uh, Ryan Johnson is proving to be a a fantastic writer and director. I think if you don't put him in with the constraints of Star Wars, I'd be curious to see what he would do in a sci-fi, you know, world uh, where you don't necessarily have to live by Skywalker and live by this and live by that. Like him creating something original, I think that's at least so far with knives out and now glass onion it's phenomenal dude i it's just it's really good and it's it's something that as soon as it's back out on netflix or when it first releases on netflix i'm watching it as soon as i can it's funny you say constraints in the star wars universe i think ironically the the lack of constraints hindered his the last jedi yeah because that's a good point essentially jj abrams started this started Star Wars, the, the last trilogy, and was like, handed it to Ryan Johnson and was like, you have no rules. Like, you could do whatever you want. Do whatever. Yeah. And then people, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. And, oh God. And then J.J. <laughs> Abrams comes back and goes, oh, let's recount all that stuff. 
Yeah. And so I, I think to a certain extent, the constraints as in like, oh, you're set in this universe, you you have these characters, but he was basically given free reign to do whatever the freak he wanted mm-hmm. to do. And because of that, people got really upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, he's, he's, he's her parents are nobody. <laughs> and then, and then of course, and then Rise of Skywalker, oh, she's a Palpatine. What is going on? <laughs> This is bullshit. <laughs> All right, Star Wars nerds. All right. <laughs> Some somebody tweeted, a uh, person I follow tweeted, and they were like, love it or hate it, the sequel trilogy. I tweeted back, is there an option C for eh? It's okay. Yeah, I mean it eh, was. It's fine. It's not like terrible. But no, but it was different. It was very different. Yeah. And you just you 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 outcasted some of the best actors onto like a, a chase scene mm-hmm. and which amounted out to be nothing. <laughs> and it's just like you went to that casino and it just really I mean it was more of a diverge like a oh, we'll just go on this side mission that really doesn't have pertain anything to do with the main storyline. Mm-hmm. And you know, it turns out Oscar Isaac's a pretty damn good actor. <laughs> <laughs> and you relegated him to the sidelines. So it's like, uh, okay. And, and you mentioned it. It's it's like with Ray, I mean with this, we're getting on a tangent, but I just want to say we've talked about it. The the fact that it was like, oh, you don't have to be related to anybody to be important. And Which I loved about that. I love that. I love that idea. Like I love the choices Ryan made. Was it perfect? No. The casino thing? No. But like the choices and to say, okay, we're going to switch things up with the tropes that you would expect from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We're going to kill, uh, uh, what's his name? Andy Serkis's character. Uh, slice him in half. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Like we're going to upend the Star Wars tropes that you would expect. And then, of course, they got all put back in for Rise of Skywalker in different ways. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you essentially retconned everything that he was uh, – that. It, that uh, Ryan Johnson did because, you know, fans, you know, fans uh, uh, got upset. You know, Snoke, mm-hmm. you know, Snoke. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the uh, which I just realized. Andy Circus is part of Andor. <laughs> Andy Circus is part of Andor, and let's let's jump into since we're on the Star Wars tip and spoiler alert for Andor if you haven't watched it as of yet. That Andor season one finale happened this last week. That finale was amazing. The whole season. This this yeah, the show itself, I think it set a new bar for what Star Wars content can be. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't need lightsabers and the force to tell a good story. No. The writing just talked about it with Glass Onion. The writing was so good throughout this series and it built up so much tension with so little like it had action but with so little action since the original trilogy i think i could sit here confidently and say the mandalorian and andor are quite possibly two of the top three things lucasfilms and disney have ever produced in terms of star wars yeah. I could maybe even sit here and tell you Mandalorian and Andor are in the top five Star Wars content ever. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, Rogue One. Um, 
you know, the original trilogy, Phantom Menace, I think could could be up there too. Um, you have maybe, and th- these are probably going to go below it, uh, Clone Wars and uh, and and um, and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not the fact that I I don't think well, partially because it doesn't have to deal deal with the Sty- Skywalker stuff. And I think people got you know sick of it. Oh yeah. Um, but like you said, they both of these series have been written so well. They've acted very well. You have quite possibly one of the best actors in Hollywood in any circus playing a one-off character. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's just, it's so good. And like this, this espionage type of series did very well with like, you know, it's just, you know, the rebellion, yeah. you know, it's a, uh, uh, it it told the story about and the the culmination in this last episode with oh, uh, yeah. Marva. It's like oh man, like her that speech, speech. Yeah, that I could have listened to that thing for another ten minutes. Mm-hmm. That speech was so good, and then it culminated with them basically, you know, turning around and and starting this mini, mini revolution on Ferex. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's uh, it it. it basically rejuvenized Bix mm-hmm. um, and uh, and Cassian and you know Cassian's in there listening to this thing and it, it without that speech I don't know if Cassian is on on that ship at the end yeah I, I really don't I think he probably escapes with Bix mm-hmm. and everybody else and so it's it, it's it's such a beautifully written show well acted and it's not action packed, but it had a lot of suspense and drama. Yeah, and I think that alone made it so such a good watch. Like you, you like something could have happened in every episode, and 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 I wouldn't have surprised. I would have been surprised if something did, but a lot of times it didn't. It just kept mm-hmm. you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, it it didn't need. I mean, when it had action, it was good. From when they're robbing the garrison. Mm-hmm on Aldani to uh, Lucian's ship that wreck shop on the Empire ship like you know it has good moments and then even in the, the finale with the the people of Ferex going up against the the Empire and fighting them Brazos hitting the dude with the brick from the jump you know what I mean like just doing those like those are great moments of great action but the the quiet moments I think are what are the most engaging moments of Andor? Diego Luna is is phenomenal throughout. Uh, I, I mean, Stellan Skarsgård, he's he was stealing every scene that oh, he yeah. was in, uh, and and even people that I didn't really know too much about from Deidre Miro, her character. Uh, I, that's the character's name. I forget the actress's name, um, but her journey throughout this course, and then Karn coming through with the save at the end, that was a that dude's weird. I don't know what the, what's going to happen with that dude, but I, I I imagine he's now that he saved her, he's going to like fully in, get engulfed into the into the empire and all that. I don't know. I still think he's a useless character, but <laughs> he's. I, I'm curious what is going to be the point of him by the end of yeah. of, of Andor. What is the goal, end-all, be-all goal for this character? Because it's like, why are we spending time with this dude while he's eating cereal with his mom? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what it keeps happening? <laughs> why does this character matter? Um, I, 
but I still, I was still engaged. I was still like, I'm ready to find out what this creepy dude is going to do. And then, God, like even the bits with Saw Gerrera, you know, and the the whole like, do we sacrifice Krieger or not? Like, God, like that was just hits you in the gut. And then I'd want to rewatch the, 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 the show one, because it's good, but also knowing that, that the, the, the guy that's on the inside for the rebellion, Mm -hmm. like seeing him now through that lens, I'm curious about that as well. Um, but yeah, Andor just phenomenal, dude. It's just so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean I I think the only character that I could care less for is Karn. Yeah, Karn. Yeah, I could see that. Everybody else has a purpose, but I'm like you know I'm at this point I'm nitpicking right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then like uh, since is it Sinta Sinta? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sinta's that moment where she's walking down that path and she's the, sees that uh, ISB worker or ISB guy that's always in her shop, I guess bar, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I, you know, you're probably at that moment, you're, I mean, up to that moment, you've, even though you know, like, he's ISB, like, you've, I'm sure you've had conversations here and there, and you've kind of gotten to know him a little bit, and, like, heard that decision of, okay, I'm going to have to kill this guy, or I'm going to kill this guy, and he, him not seeing it was, that was, that was I think, a powerful moment, too, uh, especially, like, you know, like, you could see it in her face, like, I don't know if she really wanted to do it, but she did it anyway, just because mm. of the cause. And I think, you know, that was, a, I think, a tough moment for her. See, I took it differently. I took it as she was gunning for that guy. Okay. Because my thought was maybe this guy was involved with her family's murder. Okay. Because it just, like like you said, he was always, like, Senta and him were usually in shots or in close proximity to each other. Mm -hmm. And to me, she always looked at him with distaste. And I was like, I wonder, because it didn't seem like she had to necessarily do that in the end. Mm -hmm. It seemed like she was seeking him out specifically. And I wonder if that was because he was involved in some way with the, the murder of her family by the empire. Um, that, that makes, that, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then, uh, Vel, like, I mean, she, she was, she was interesting with her journey. And I think the the interesting thing too is the growth for each one in terms of what they're willing to do for the empire or for the rebellion mm-hmm. is really fascinating. And also Cassian's journey from, there is no way at the beginning of this series, Cassian is joining the rebellion. Oh no. There, there's no, no. way. No, he He's was all for himself. All for himself and just trying to make some money and, once he gets, once he has the, he kills the two guys at the beginning, then it's all about himself mm-hmm. trying to make it and get to somewhere safe. Even once he gets back from the Aldani mission, I, he's still not with the rebellion in, nope. in, in any way. And I don't think we necessarily, like you said, without Marva's speech, I don't know that we get that um, turn to the rebellion until that moment, yeah. possibly. Or, and and maybe too with, with um, uh, what's his name's writings. That he took. I don't know if he's been reading them. It's he does read them in the in the finale, I yeah. believe. So maybe that also helps a bit. But uh, Nemec, Nemec, yeah. So seeing Cassian's journey to, I think, seemingly be full bore with the rebe- rebellion by the end of it. Uh, maybe not full bore, but willing to start doing things for the for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for season two. 
Um, and I think with the season two is the is the cutoff, right? Yeah, season two is going to be the cutoff, and it should lead into Rogue One. Yeah, I this you know stuff like this just heightens and just gives the argument of how great Rogue One was. Yeah. Um, and and it's one of those things where it's not like it's it's not a happy ending, mm-hmm. and we know what's going to end up happening. And I do sometimes I enjoy prequels more than I I think I I think I enjoy like we we see something and you see a prequel and you see what leads up to it. I think I enjoy that more. Mm-hmm. And we and I, I'm guessing season two is basically where we see Cassian becoming this leader that he was mm-hmm. in Rogue One and just uh just you know basically taking a, us to that journey and um yeah I I can't wait for season 2. Like I think after end of this series uh, end of this season, I think I'm at a place where after season 1 of Mandalorian and after season 1 of Andor, I'm craving more I, I'm craving season two of Andor more than I did season two of Mandalorian. Mandalorian was yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. But I think knowing where we're going, we're gonna lead up to right up into Rogue One. I think that's what's one like my anticipation is very high. That and just curious to see like I I think the the barriers in terms of what you can do in a Star Wars story were kind of knocked down in this one. Like this one is so much more, uh, as it was described previously, and I think I've said it, it's adult Star Wars. And it's mm. it's done in such a good way that it's like, I give me more. I cannot wait for a, a season two. And even like when it was like announced 12 episodes, I was like, man, that's a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I, I didn't feel any fatigue throughout those 12 episodes. I was, I was fiending for each one. As soon as they come out, because it was it was always something different and good, and just suspense keep you on the edge of your seat, and it was it's just oh it's so so good, and a good prequel like enhances the the previous media, right? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. A prequel like this adds layers and just adds context to to things, and it's done in such a good way. It just enhances, and that's that's all you can ask for with mm-hmm. a prequel or something like that, or extended uh, media. Um, and speaking of extended media, there's a nice little and happy endings. There's a nice little fun Marvel story that came out over the Thanksgiving break, and that was the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Which I, I honestly, I went into it not expecting too much, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to s- sit here and be too critical of something that may not be very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I went into it thinking it's it's a holiday special. You know, you're. It, the, the 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 purpose of it is to sit back, relax, and just have a good time. And mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, going into it not expecting a, a Guardians one or even a Guardians two, it was fine. I thought I thought it was good. It was uh, you know, you forty four minutes. I think yeah, it was very it was, short. It was, short. It was like a, a shorter than an Andor episode. Um, you you sit back, relax, watch it. Oh, it's fun. Um, they use two characters that are probably get the least amount of screen time. Than all the other guardians, mm-hmm. maybe other than Karen Gill- uh, Karen Gillian, um, but yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is perfectly fine. It's like a perfect holiday special. I, it's not gonna win awards or anything like that, but also it's not the Star Wars holiday special, <laughs> right? So it's, uh, I, I mean, I had a good time, and Kevin Bacon was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I read a story about how 
James Gunn approached Kevin Bacon about it. Um, I, no, I think it was Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige talked to Kevin Bacon. I was like, hey, would you want to be part of this? And um, he didn't even tell him it was a holiday special. I think he's just like, you want to be part of the Guardians? Because I think when Kevin Bacon found out Footloose was uh, Chris Pratt's or Star Wars, a Star Wars favorite movie in Guardians <laughs> One. I think Kevin Bacon was taken aback and became a huge fan. <laughs> and so, so I think him and Feige met once and said, "Hey, like, you want to be part of one of these one of these days?" And he goes, "Oh, sure." And then he just signed up. He signed up before he even knew it was a holiday special. But anyway, Kevin Bacon was great. Um, the rest of the cast and crew were great. Um, you know, every essentially everybody but uh, Zoe Saldana came back. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons, she's uh, she's nowhere to be found. Right. Um, but uh, the biggest shocking thing for me in that special was the way the change in Groot. Um, I Groot's a linebacker, bro. <laughs> Groot's I, huge. I don't know what happened. Groot, this is the first time Groot looks like Vin Diesel. <laughs> it sounds more like him, too. Yeah, he does. I am Groot. And I'm like, oh, God, what just happened? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I'm a fan of this look. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll see him change even more, quite possibly, in the, in Guardians 3. Yeah, depending, I guess, depending on, because this is, obviously, this is set between... Guardians 2 and Avengers Endgame and all that and Guardians 3. So it's like a nice little like bit of context mm-hmm. for where they're at in terms of, of of the MCU universe. So, and it was interesting. They own Nowhere now uh, and they bought it from the, the collector. Uh, we don't know where obviously Gamora is. 2014 Gamora is lurking around somewhere. Uh, Mantis is Star-Lord's sister. Um I think that was like the main pieces of of info in terms of like MCU mm-hmm. like storytelling. But then the rest of it, yeah, it's just a fun ride. It's just a fun, nice little ride. Drax and Mantis are the stars of the show. They have a ball. Uh the opening song, the the I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. I've had that on repeat. Like <laughs> that that song is so good. I, I like that song. Also, yeah. like the 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 lyrics are funny and yeah, the little ad libs with Groot and and Peter and all that are great, um, and then Kevin Bacon as Kevin Bacon uh, and being fooled like think don't suck and you know be a, be a hero be be a true hero uh, like is just is fun man and you haven't seen the Werewolf by Night no not special yet. presentation right not yet so with with both of these special presentations it's nice one off stories that you don't need necessarily any context for. I mean, it obviously it helps if you know the Guardians in, in this one, but it's a nice little standalone package. It has its campiness to it, mm-hmm. but in a um, endure in 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 endearing way, um, like the opening like cartoonish thing. They 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 talked about. I saw James Gunn talked about that on on uh, Twitter. How it was like in reference to some of those classic seventies cartoons and how they shot it, and it was really. I mean, it was really really well done. Um, the other thing too, that this, you know, we were talking about prequels and and how it enhances guardians keeps enhancing Yondu in so many ways, making him such a lovable dad, Mm. even more than he was before after guardians too. Yeah. And, uh, that I was like, man, maybe they, uh, shot that in cartoon cause you know, they 
you know, uh, Rooker can Michael Rooker can be there, but I think they posted a photo of uh, Michael Rooker yeah. in Yondu. Uh, he makeup. just wasn't blue. That was the only thing. Yeah, yeah, in uh, in garb, and uh, I think the kid that was playing young mm-hmm. um, uh, Star Lord, uh, they were they were there, um, and I'm guessing that they shot it live uh, in person and. Mm-hmm. Decided to go with. They, the I think animation. they rotoscoped or whatever over the top of the whatever yeah. they shot. So yeah, I mean, so well yeah, it, it was uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. I, it's I'm not I'm not going to sit here and ask for anything better than that. Like mm-hmm. I, it's a holiday special. Like yeah. it's not, you know, it's not going to be up for any awards or it's not going to be like oh, you know, in the pantheon of MCU content. It's it's a holiday special. Well, and I think that's too the special presentations in general. They're like. They're not world-ending events. No. It's not like the Groot, to, the Groot minis, the yeah, shorts. Yeah. It's just nice little one-off stories, yeah. you know? And like the Groot mini shorts that released in, back in August or whatever, like that was fine. I think my favorite was the the Groot takes a bath one. Um, but it was like, you don't need it, but it was just nice little fun content to, to, to have. Um, and this special presentation, I think it can do wonders in terms of introducing like small, smaller characters and... By design, it's again just a you can put it on one night, have fun with it, and be done. Exactly. And, and same thing with Werewolf by Night. If for folks who haven't seen that, it's it's great too. Um, I would love to see more of those characters as well. Um, obviously, we know the Guardians are going to be in Guardians Three when that comes out in May, but um, it, the special presentation route that they're going can be done in such fun, interesting ways. I'm excited to see who gets the next mm-hmm. special presentation treatment. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. And um, like you said, it's good to introduce these characters for future projects. And like some of these characters on Nowhere, like if they pop up in Guardians 3, that's, you know, that's a perfect segue into their, you know, being in Guardians 3. And, you know, you could probably write it to where like you don't need to like you. They they're there, but you don't need to introduce them. And they, but, if you haven't seen the holiday special, it wouldn't kill you to not know who they are, right? So right. it's a, it's a, yeah, it's 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 perfectly fine. Like Cosmo, like you know, yeah. we didn't. If you know, like from the first Guardians and everything, like you know Cosmo, and they added new layers to Cosmo actually mm-hmm. speaking. It's, yeah, it's the young woman that was in the the Borat, the new Borat movie. Oh, was it her? That was her okay. voice. Yeah. So. Uh, it just added little layers to to Cosmo, but again, it wasn't because I remember w- people were like, "Oh, Adam Warlock's going to appear in the oh, holiday no. special." It Why? was like absurd, like predictions and things. I think the the prediction that made the most sense was Santa, as Mark Hamill as Santa was a possible prediction for it, and I could have seen it, but with the route they went, it just made so mm-hmm. much sense to not include that. Um, and, and it was just, it was fun, man. It was, it was good. And the, the music's really good. I've been jamming the, the, the soundtrack to it. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's good holiday fun. It's, it was good, man. I, I liked, uh, I liked the holiday special. Yep. Yep. Same here. Uh, you know what? I, I didn't surprisingly like the holiday special. I kind of expected I would like it. Uh, but more and more, I'm surprisingly liking the Super Mario trailers that are coming bad, out, man. man. The, yeah. the latest one released, I think it was the day before we're recording this on, uh, or no, was it today? No, it was yesterday. It was I yesterday. Think. Uh, November 29th. Uh, we're getting Mario Kart. We're getting Donkey Kong. We're getting all these things. And it's just paying so much homage to the games in so many different ways. I mean, even uh, uh, um, Smash Brothers, it felt like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously 
Mario opens his mouth and it's Chris Pratt. So it's like, eh. But then, but like the rest of it visually looks amazing. And it looks like a real homage to the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like uh, he's on his, you know, he's on his little cart and freaking <laughs> Rainbow Road. Bro, he Rainbow Road Rainbow shows Road. up. Oh, man. Uh, and then, yeah, like Donkey Kong and... You know, they we get a good look at Dunk. I don't think he said anything, right? Like, he didn't say anything. He just beat up Mario. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like, oh man, like you know, it brings back. And I think what this did with this did uh, well, and what I think with the Sonic stuff, and I think what um, the Pik- the Pokemon stuff, what they do well is they 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 get right into the nostalgia. Of yeah, everything. and I think that's um, that that'll bring in the parents, and I think. Um, that'll connect the the young ones to the older generation games and stuff like that. So I I think the I, I think the movie's gonna be fine. Um, you have badass speech, you know, yeah. ready ready for battle. Yeah. Um, I think it's very hard to mess up animation and animation this big mm-hmm. with a character this big. Um, this this. I think opens up uh, a possibility for so many other th- crossovers to happen. Mm-hmm. I think you can cross over with Donkey Kong crossing over. I think, um, I think you could cr- you could do like a Smash Brothers move- movie. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be, with the same animation, and all That'd that be stuff. Really cool. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the second trailer was fantastic, and it's it's gonna take a little bit to get used to Chris Pratt, you know, voicing Mario, but. I think once you watch the movie, it's going to be something that you can probably get over. Yeah, you'll. I I think as as time goes on throughout the movie, you'll you'll get over it. And I I think too, it'll be because of the visuals. Again, mm-hmm. it's just so. It looks so good. Yep. And, and it again, it does play on your nostalgia, and it's like, oh, I get that, like from Super Mario One, or I get that from Super Mario World, or Super Mario Galaxy, or whatever the case. Like it. It's doing what other, I think other adaptations of video games don't necessarily get. Like they don't know how to pay homage to the source material without just delivering the same thing and then wondering why it didn't work. You know, like this, it's doing something different with the story, it seems like, but it is, it is playing within the realm of the, of the video games and doing it in a way that I think pays much respect to the games and mm-hmm. doesn't um like the the original Mario movie I think was just you know I don't know what they were doing but like this one this one really seems to honor the source material in an, in a way and but at the same time tell something different which is what Detective Pikachu does what Arcane does like I I think a lot of more video game adaptations are getting to the point where they are understanding how to tra- transport this media into movie or film or show form mm-hmm. I just don't do prince of persia that's all i ask <laughs> please don't <laughs> um but yeah it's it's uh yeah they're doing i think they're finally finding their stride in how to do these things and you know the groundwork has been laid and um i haven't seen any of the sonic movies but i heard they're fantastic um detective pikachu was good yeah detective pikachu yeah. was good i actually took the time earlier this year to watch the sonic movies uh respect to David Ramon, who's a big fan of those movies. Uh, they were actually like good. They were yeah. actually decent. Like the latest one was, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't hate it or anything like that. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I'll probably get around to 
watching it um, sometime soon. But uh, I, you know, it's uh, it looks fine. You know, it looks mm-hmm. it looks good. I, I, I you know, I, I think the the biggest flaw was the, the the design of Sonic, and they, you know, listened to fans and fixed it. And the design of the design and animation of this Mario movie looks freaking fantastic. And I like that they didn't try to like mix in live action with it. I like that they just mm-hmm. went full board animation versus trying to have a human character interpret it. When you have Mario there, it like yeah. just didn't make sense. So it's it's I'm glad it's not a video game character with a live action person. Just go full board with animation, which I would have expected from Sonic, but with the way they are telling the story in Sonic, it makes sense and it it works okay. Yeah. So um I'm I I think they should have casted John Leguizamo as something. Oh, that, yeah. I think that would have been perfect. That would have been a nice little tribute to um, the the original god awful. <laughs> my childhood, I thought that was freaking. I I, I enjoyed it as my childhood. It gave me nightmares though <laughs> uh, with the Koopa Troopers. But uh, but I think you know, and maybe he'll show up. His voice will show up. But I think that would have been a nice little homage to it. But yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna make money. It's gonna do do well. And if this is gonna lead to you know potential Smash Brothers movie or something like that, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we heard Charlie Day's voice as Luigi. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I want I bet John Leguizamo is going to appear in s- so. some some form. And then uh, we still haven't seen Yoshi, which I imagine we'll we'll see Yoshi we at some. S- point. Yeah, yeah, we saw other versions of Yoshi on mm-hmm. screen, mm-hmm. but yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but that looks. I mean, it looks good. Um, we don't really have any other time uh, to do. There's a James Gunn story that I was going to talk about, but we're, we're running low on time. All I want to ask before we wrap up, Jong, how is your Marvel Snap deck? Uh, not too shabby. The the days that I was I was sick, I didn't play too much, but I went. I I texted you about uh the the Morbius, Morbius deck and, yeah. and the Apocalypse deck where you discard. There's decks synergy and strategy to this game, and uh, I tried out the ones where you uh, d- discard cards and mm-hmm. and some cards come back with either no cost or um they get stronger like apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, freaking i've played somebody that made apocalypse like freaking 22 power Jeez. or whatever it is um i ended up winning that game but not just i was just like oh my god mm-hmm. every other card was killing apocalypse <laughs> but anyway um no i i i like my odin deck um mm-hmm. the on reveal like when odin basically uh, he doubles, like repowers it, yeah, or, repowers yeah. the on on reveal powers, and um, I think my favorite card is Jubilee. Mm, Jubilee's mm-hmm. freaking fantastic. For four cost, she's only one power, um, and she essentially plays another card from your deck onto the area. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's it's a fun game. Um, it, it, if it was five dollars a month, I'd pay for it. Mm-hmm. It's ten. I I I won't, I'm not paying for it. I yeah. just I just can't. Um but yeah, it's uh it's it's a very fun addicting game. Marvel Snap is what we're talking about. It's it's a very fun game. You guys should download it. It's um you know, it's a, it's free to play. Um you can unlock a lot of the cards without having to buy anything. I haven't bought a single thing yeah. outside of like uh well not even bought like I'm using the in-game currency to get mm-hmm. like Me too you know, upgrades or whatever, but I've, I haven't bought like the season pass or anything like that. And I've never felt like it's put me at a disadvantage or anything like that. Cause I've run into cards that I'm like, Oh, I have no idea what that card is. Yeah. I haven't seen that before, but I've still been able to win 
okay. Because as much as the deck building is a key part, how you play the deck with mm -hmm. the locations is also a big key because I, I run into a lot of, I've been running into a lot of people that play Heimdall and the movement. And for me, I usually just play the center and right mm -hmm. and I'm winning most of the time because then they try and move everything and it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. So you guys check it out. It's uh we're probably going to be talking about it quite often. Um, I think season one or the Spider-Man, uh, the symbiote series mm -hmm. season, I think that, I think there was a, a big disadvantage to free to play players. Cause mm -hmm. I think uh, a lot, some of the cards in that season um, was pretty strong mm -hmm. in this season, the black, the Wakanda season, I think, I think it's uh, it, it's evened out. I don't think any card that you can't get without paying for it has been that powerful. Yeah, I've run into like I have a Koye and Nakia. Yeah, um, I have both of those too. Yeah, yeah. Black Panther was the only one that I've run into where his power I think doubles. Yeah, um, but it hasn't been like game breaking. Or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, which I, if they keep it like this, I think you know, I think you could definitely just play for free. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well. Uh, that brings us to the end of issue 458, live in studio. Yep. For feels a change. good, man. It feels really good. I'm glad you were here, Jong. I'm, I'm so glad to see you. So glad to catch up with you uh, in person. It's been yeah. fun, man. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been long time coming. <laughs> right. I, I we should probably do this more often. Definitely, I would love that, uh, and I'm sure listeners would love that as well. Yeah. I mean, at it least I like to better. think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, so as always, you can follow us on social media. I'm at producer Mike nine seven five. I am at one punch and you can rate review, share, subscribe to the podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms. Five stars. That'd be nice. We'll talk to you guys next time. All right. See you.